Welcome to Overboys. This is Antonio from No Marks Allowed. Today's episode, I'm going to interview Lisi Almeida about Randy Orton's 20 years of excellence in the WWE. Also, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch cornering Taylor versus Serrano at Madison Square Garden, which was the first women's boxing match to ever headline Madison Square Garden. Also, I school her on why WWE is pro wrestling and not sports entertainment and the differences between AEW and WWE. We go back and forth on that, plus WWE news. But first, we got to talk about the DJ Khaled of pro wrestling. It's Tony freaking Khan. And I put up a meme and a video two years ago that said all together, New Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW, but in opposite order, at United Center in Chicago. The meme was like, AEW presents all together, AEW, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. And I tagged a lot of wrestlers in that, and Matt Jackson seen that. I know you remember that, Matt. Because, you know, we had all in. We had all out. So part three could be all together. And it didn't happen after all out because we had two all outs, but it makes all the sense in the world. And we're going to get something close to that in June with, you know, New Japan, AEW, The Forbidden Door. Also, we got the main event of Double or Nothing announced. It's Hangman versus CM Punk. Now, I thought this was the perfect opportunity to have the woman main event Double or Nothing, where it could have been Thunder Rosa versus Jay Cargo, winner take all, Double or Nothing. But they decided, decided to go in another direction, which is cool. But I don't think CM Punk is ready for Hangman. I mean, I've seen CM Punk have some great matches with Darby Allin, uh, the dog collar match with, um, you know, uh, MJF. Then he defeated Wardlow by roll-up. Hangman Page is just on another level in his career right now. And I think CM Punk only being an AEW a year climbed fast, but he did look, he did struggle against weaker competition, like MJF pointed out before. I don't think CM Punk gets it done. I think he needs more than one match to figure it out against Hangman. So maybe they might do a rematch in Chicago if he can get his wins up and he can win it in his hometown of Chicago. But I don't see the belt changing hands because Adam Hangman has been looking excellent. But let's talk about Forbidden Door, the dream matches we can have. Okada versus Daniel Bryan. Omega versus Osprey. I don't know if those guys met already. G.O.D. versus the Young Bucks. G.O.D. versus FTR. G.O.D. versus Jungle Express or Jurassic Express. G.O.D. versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Shout out for Scorpio Sky. You got that title back. I like that. But the... The possibilities are endless, man. And this is the point I say, like, a lot of people don't like fans comparing shit, but this would stop people from watching WWE and stop complaining about WWE because there's so many options out there. But we try to give WWE a chance and it falls flat and y'all get mad when we say they need to improve the, pro improve the product, but don't do that. So, um, shout out to the DJ Khaled of... <laughs> Wrestling, which is Tony freaking Khan. This guy, he 
even brought Impact together. He's bringing Triple A together. You see the house the Young Bucks and the Triple A wrestlers just drew a couple of nights ago. Now we're going to get Double or Nothing, Forbidden Door, and can we get all together? And can it please be at the United Center? Because I know Tony Khan has ties to Schaumburg. I think he went high, high school there. That's why he has All Out at, you know, the Sears Center Arena because... That's the community is in. It's an hour away from Chicago. But at least they haven't forbidden door in Chicago, which is a United Center that's right downtown. But please have all together or all out. Perfect time to do all together. I mean, they probably won't do that because everybody had yeah, an overboy said it. I don't want him taking, the guy, taking advantage. I mean, you know, thinking he's booking our stuff. But no, all together makes perfect sense. AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan. I'm a, I'm a visionary. I envisioned this. Two years ago, I wish they didn't take the overboys page down, but I'm gonna look for it in my um. I think it might be on No More Chanel. I'm gonna look for that meme, on uh, in my backup. I'll look for it. Oh, I'll just make another one. But shout out to Tony Khan. He's the DJ Khaled of um, professional wrestling. He's bringing everybody together. And also, let me know what dream matches you want to see at Forbidden Door. Let me be part of history. The most important thing, you guys, all of you, you guys sold this place out. Thank you. Much respect. Gracias. Now, we're going to talk to Lizzie Almeida about 20 years of excellence for Randy Orton, also WWE News, um, and Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair championing Taylor and Serrano at MSG. So, what's, what's up, Lizzie? Hey, how are you? It's great to be here. That's what's up. Now, the WWE has been on fire since WrestleMania 38, but something just came across my timeline was Randy Orton. The Viper, and this is 20-year anniversary. What has Randy Orton meant to you in professional wrestling? I mean, Randy has been my favorite wrestler for probably conservatively the last 17 or so years. I mean, I grew up, obviously, during that new generation era. Shawn Michaels is always my favorite um, all time. But, um, you know, then the Attitude Era, and then obviously, you know, Randy debuted in the early 2000s. And I mean, I think just he had such star power from the very beginning and then him being able to be aligned with evolution and, you know, learn from Triple H and Ric Flair and, you know, come up the ranks with the likes of Batista and John Cena. And, you know, that 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 last generation that I mean, I think people look back and they we didn't know what we had at the time. And I think still having Randy be around today 
um, even though he's only 42 years old, um, he still has a long way to go. He still is consistently growing and expanding and, you know, contributing and, and adding value to the overall WWE brand. I mean, he's a staple there at this point, isn't he? Yes, I remember Randy Orton early because, like, I checked out of wrestling after the Attitude Era and after they started calling it SmackDown and Raw and it's the same company. And I was like, I'm through with it. But I always peeked back into it. And Randy Orton was one of these guys where I thought he was going to be Mount Rushmore status, like goaded, because he just had the potential. But Randy Orton, like, to this day, people still make memes for, about the RKO. Um, he's now working with you know, with Matt Riddle, RK mm -hmm. Bro, and at first, I was fucking. I was thinking about, damn, WWE is using Randy Orton on this jokey joke shit. This ain't gonna work. But I actually loved it because Randy was acting like, how am I? Why am I even fucking with this dude? But then you see, Randy started to like uh, Matt Riddle, and now they have excellent chemistry. And yes. Randy Orton's work ethic and his morals is rubbing off on RKO because you, I mean, not RKO, but Matt Riddle. You even see Matt Riddle doing, you know, RKOs off the top rope, paying homage to the legend. Now, I want to ask you, what was some of your favorite Randy Orton moments? Uh, whew, there's just so many. I mean, he, I think he really solidified his career as a top guy when he had the hardcore match with Mick Foley. Obviously, he was still the legend killer back then. And, you know, Randy is, he's pretty. He's a good looking guy. And, you know, he let Foley take the bat to his face. And, you know, he took the tax on his back and he showed that he has that versatility, right? I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure JBL says this all the time and, you know, other announcers have. If you build a wrestler from the ground up, they're going to look like Randy Orton. He is, I mean, he just, he has it all, right? And he has the, 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 the legacy, his father, grandfather, he's a third generation superstar. Um, so I think he has all that backing, but him having that hardcore match with Foley really kind of like put him over the top where it's like, he can do everything, right? Um, I think another good program that he did was obviously with the undertaker i mean that was back when the undertaker was still undefeated at wrestlemania but like it was just like amazing to be able to you know have the undertaker do that with randy and then randy as such a young talent at the time think about it he was what 25 or so um you know it did help to bring him to that next level and then i think we can't choose one his greatest opponent i think everyone will probably agree is john cena right they came up during the same time um you know the belt was always back and forth between the two of them so from a rivalry standpoint i think any of his matches with cena we're going to look back on them and be like wow those were those were classics now my favorite randy orton moment was when he kicked vince mcmahon in the head because yo it, it looked like he did it for real hey, yeah what the fuck yeah, like, he made Vince McMahon an actual face. Yeah, now, which is hard Stephanie? to do. <laughs> yeah, did he kick Stephanie in the head too? Or so he he RKO'd Stephanie, and okay. um, that was and she sold. She I love Stephanie by the way. She sold the hell out of it, and it was great. And like that was like it gave us one of those like great Triple H memes because like Triple H was like going crazy right after. So I mean, Randy, that's that's another part of his versatility, right? He is an ultimate heel and he can work 
alone. Like I was very surprised when they put him together with Riddle because like we we've always seen him as a solo artist. Like he is he works alone and, and I think that he thrives in that environment. But he's also been part of a tag team before, right? Like him and Edge were rated RKO and um, you know, they made it work. And I think that it helped them to bring later down the line, like when Edge came back, like it was a good natural choice for Randy to be the first person that, you know, he was up against. And, you know, I, I think just overall, he just shows that he can do, he can do it all. And I, I keep saying this, and that's, that's really just part of like, you know, why he's been my favorite and continues to be my favorite. And I love my favorite Randy Orton match is a new one. And it's the one with Edge, the greatest match of all time. Now that happened <laughs> in WrestleMania 36, right? Yeah. I Okada. That was like an Okada Kenny Omega match. Like we always say New Japan wrestling yeah. in ring is on a higher level. But I'm like, Randy Orton and Edge is going at it, and it feels like it's a real UFC fight like a real sporting event where the commentators don't over talk. Like yeah. a lot of times the commentators would over talk the match and it gets uninteresting. And then you can look on your phone and like, yeah. just listen to it. But they let Randy Orton and Edge fight and wrestle. And that was one of the best matches. Now they had a rematch. Did you think the rematch lived up to the first one? Or you think no, no. I think they should have just let it be one and done. Um, it, it it oversaturates it when we keep seeing it. So, like I said, I loved that they got to you know do their rivalry when Edge came back. I think it was super appropriate just because they were so close. Um, but I I there's always that that striking that balance in wrestling where it's like how many rematches can you have? How many greatest matches of all time can you have? So it's like let's just if it was great, leave it. Let's allow it and let's not keep trying to recreate the wheel. I slide for my niggas down. I ride for my niggas. Stay scheming. Niggas trying to get at me. Now I'm going to ask you, you're covering the Serrano Taylor fight in mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden. The first time women boxers ever mainly rented um, Madison Square Garden. But you ran into some other woman that mainly rented some things, didn't you? Yeah, um, so very, very exciting day yesterday. Um, I was afforded the you know unique opportunity to interview both Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Um, they were just amazing, wonderful. Um, you know, we got a lot of good questions in, and of course, I you know I <clears throat> shout out to Seconds Out for you know being able to put me in this position. Um, but you know, we talked a lot about some versatility too, right? Because we see it where, you know, they'll bring in somebody as a special special attraction for like WrestleMania or whatever. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, Bianca is in Amanda Serrano's corner. Becky is in um, Katie Taylor's corner. Do you guys see some type of like crossover tag match? And I think like that would be amazing. And again, it would bring more awareness to wrestling and bring more <clears throat> awareness from wrestling to, to boxing fans too. So I think everybody wins in that sort of situation. But it was just, it was so cool to be able to just, you know, chat with them and, um, you know, just kind of pick their brains a little bit. And they were just extremely gracious and, and wonderful. And I, I just can't say enough good things about both of them. And they're both just such <clears throat> trendsetters and they are such big proponents for women in business. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, Becky is a new mom and being able to like have her baby with her on the road and travel. Like back in the day, 
if you had a baby, you were dead in the wrestling business. Like you, you weren't allowed to be a mom and a full-time wrestler. Like people wouldn't take you seriously. Um, and she's showing that you can, you can step away, start your family, come back and still be on top. And people still want to see her. Like she slid right back into her spot, which, you know, is, is great for her. And it just speaks to her talent and her overall, you know, likability with the fans. Um, and then on the other hand, Bianca, who's just, you know, such a supreme athlete. Um, but also like at the end of the day, I couldn't, I couldn't say this without saying it. She is a black woman crushing it, representing us. And, you know, her and Sasha a few years ago, just being able to headline WrestleMania, the, the, the two of them main event, like that is such a big deal. And I don't care what anybody says, representation matters. And it even, it, it, it inspires young girls of color to feel comfortable to like wrestling or to see, oh, wow, she's doing it. I can do it too. So um, they're just, they're both leaders and, and I'm just really happy that I was able to, to get to talk to them. Great group of fans and, and they get rowdy. They get pretty damn rowdy. So I think tomorrow night after she wins, because she will, uh, there's going to be a big party in New York City. Absolutely. And speaking of rowdy, since you brought it up, oh, sure. um, let's bring it up. Let's, let's bring, bring it up. up. We have to, you know, you know, I up. have to. So our girl, not your girl, um, not my girl. Ronnie, not rowdy my girl. Ronda Rousey. Um, I know a few weeks back you and Bianca tore the roof off of AT&T Stadium sure in Dallas. You're sure basically did. a staple and uh, the main event of WrestleMania at this point. I'm so would you, you know, would you even welcome Ronda Rousey back into the main event with you? I mean, sure, sure. But now it's different. We're in a different position than we were in 2019. I don't need to step up to her anymore. She needs to step up to my level. So come on, just bring it, Ronnie. To coin a phrase for my good friend, DJ. Alicia Almeida here representing Seconds Out with the one and only, the toughest, the strongest, the fastest, the quickest, the everything, the EST of the WWE, Bianca Belair. Bianca, it's so wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Um, I saw you introduce uh, Amanda Serrano. You're the, you're leading Team Serrano today. Um, how is this all going? How's this weekend and all the energy in, in this building today? It's so much energy in the building today, and it just shows you how unprecedented, how historic tomorrow night is going to be with the women headlining in Madison Square garden everyone's excited for it i'm excited for it. of course i'm team serrano all day every day but to, just to be a part of this historic moment means so much to me you know i've been in uh main event moments where i main evented with with uh, sasha banks at wrestlemania two years ago so to be here and be a part of this moment where history is being made and representation for women is being shown i'm all for it and it's all about women empowerment Absolutely. So big day, big weekend for women empowerment. But also, I know you're a very big proponent of that. Earlier this month, I was at WrestleMania. I saw you and Becky just steal the entire show. Um, tell me a little bit about some crossover opportunities. I'm sure you've heard this before, but would you love to see maybe you and Amanda team up against maybe Becky and Katie? Listen, we've already kind of been talking about it backstage a little bit. You know, uh, Serrano, we were, we were doing an interview a couple of weeks ago. And we were joking about it and how she would love to come to WWE. And I was like, listen, I've seen you fight before. And if you ever come in the ring with me, I need you to be on my side. So I would love to be a, a tag team partner with Serrano. So I got the WWE, my WWE, Mount Rushmore is The Rock. John Cena, um, Stone Cold Steve's Boston, uh -huh. and The Undertaker. Now, I feel like Shawn Michaels would be up there. I mean, I feel like if you had five heads, but I feel like Randy Orton is on the second tier. He's not on that first tier like them. I see him being like 
Randy Orton, um, Mick Foley, Batista, not Batista, but Randy Orton, Mick Foley, Rey Mysterio, and who else would you put on the second tier, Mount Rushmore? Wow. What a question. I mean, can we go back to your, your top tier, Mount Rushmore? The top how tier is, Mount Rushmore. How is Bret Hart not on your top tier of Mount Rushmore? Because I, Bret Hart chose to win every time. He never wanted to put anybody over, so it cost him a lot of money. And a lot of people didn't want to work with Bret Hart. The reason I got The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, and John Cena, because those are the people that kept wrestling alive when UFC took over. Because a lot of people left the WWE to watch the UFC. So, yeah. like, a lot of these guys right now, we don't even know. Like, if you ask somebody who Roman Reigns is in the mall, they wouldn't know who he is. But they are big stars in the WWE in the wrestling world. If okay. you ask somebody who is Becky Lynch or Bianca Belair, Belair, you wouldn't know who they are. People come to WrestleMania to this day because of those four I just mentioned. Yeah, you no, that's a, that's a no, I completely respect it. That's a valid point. I think it's that crossover appeal, right? Like, yeah. I, I think about when I was growing up, no one and absolutely no one didn't know who Stone Cold was. Like, mm -hmm. and that's just because he was just so popular, right? And same thing with The Rock. And I think The Rock is a good story for how, you know, you transition from um, wrestling to just any any sort of entertainment, whether it's acting or whatever. And I mean, he just, he does it all at the end of the day. So yeah, I think from a from a versatility standpoint, yeah. But if we're talking about just like wrestlers, then I think we can we can switch around the, the order of the top tier of Mount Rushmore. Okay. But, Okay, so if you're if you're thinking like a second tier of Mount Rushmore and you're putting those guys in it, is somebody like a Brock Lesnar in your second tier of Mount Rushmore? Or no, think, no. Okay. Because Brock, one foot in, one foot out, you can't do that. <laughs> he's in. What are you talking about? He's been consistent for several years now. He's back. But he's a UFC guy more than a WWE guy. Like, no, I disagree. I think his heart is in wrestling. I He started there. He did, I think... And I think it's okay to try something. And like, you know, he went to the NFL. He tried to season there. Um, you know, he went to do MMA and UFC, which is amazing. And I, I think that if anything, he helps to continue to, you know, merge the sports together where it's like, okay, you can do both. And you can show, and same thing with like a Bobby Lashley, right? Bobby left wrestling for a little while. He came back, but he did MMA and it's, it helps to raise that awareness of like, oh shit, these wrestling guys, they're tough as hell too. It's not, it's not just fake. Cause that's, that's the thing. Like people think, oh, you just work out, you get big, you're a wrestler. No, that's absolutely like the, that's just the barrier of entry. There's so much more that goes into it. There's, you know, having to have the charisma and you need to get people to like you and you need to be able to work in the ring at the end of the day. And backstage they need to like you too because if you don't have that trust and you don't have those relationships people aren't going to want to work with you like you said so i think like there's a lot more that goes into the wrestling business than just you know going out there and doing flips and tricks yeah but i don't think brock is second tier because brock is gone as soon as he lost the roman he's gone he's not he's not really he's a part-timer when he first started he was a full-timer but once he started making that UFC money, he didn't come back. That's why he put Roman over. Like, Brock didn't give a fuck. He didn't take wrestling serious. He didn't take Bobby Lashley serious. He sat in the ring and couldn't control himself laughing in Bobby Lashley's yeah. face. Yeah, so, you can't put... And this is WWE. 
uh, Mount Rushmore. So Brock Lesnar is not in that second tier. I would say it's Shawn Michaels. Um, Mick Shawn Conley. Michaels is first tier for me. I won't hear against okay. it. So um, I misspoke. I said John Cena, The Rock, The Undertaker, and Stone Cold was in my Mount Rushmore first tier. But I misspoke because on a, I think it was like three or four episodes of The Overboys, the most dangerous podcast in wrestling. I said my Mount Rushmore was Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, and The Undertaker. So my bad. So replace John Cena with The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is over John Cena because Hulk Hogan is first on that list because without him, wrestling wouldn't be where it is today. It wouldn't be no Rock if it wasn't Hulk Hogan. So I replaced John Cena, but John Cena is definitely up there. The reason I replaced John Cena because they had the John Cena sucks, John Cena sucks. You know, so that's why he ain't making. Now we gotta get into WWE news, and I'm thinking we were talking about if The Rock is gonna come back for WrestleMania, but I might think we might be disappointed, and the WWE is gonna keep us tuned into the WWE for Rock versus Roman, and The Rock might not end up doing it, and we're gonna get Roman versus Cody Rhodes at Mania because. We're already forgetting about Cody Rhodes. Like, it's done worn off. And I think after he goes against um, Seth Rollins, if they have a trio, like a, a, a best out of three, and Seth beats him at Backlash, they're going to slowly build Go Cody Rhodes up to that universal title shot at WrestleMania. I think that's the backup plan if The Rock doesn't come back. Do you agree with that? Or you yes. think it's a definite, a definite, it's a definite that The Rock is coming back for WrestleMania 39 against The Rock? Or do you think the WWE does have a strong backup plan? I mean, it's The Rock, it's Roman, it's the Bloodline. They're all cousins. Like, would it be, would it be amazing to see that? Yes. Is The Rock a very busy man? Yes. Um. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed if 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 Cody got that spot, but I think consolidating the belts, the titles rather, if I'm going to use the proper terminology, <clears throat> it it's good in one way because it's like you have one champion, you respect that champion, they they run shit, right? But then at the same time, it it limits that opportunity where like you know you can't you don't have as many people being able to go for the, the, the title because there's only one title now. Um, so having Cody back, and I think that they are building that, and Cody made his intentions abundantly clear. You and I were both there when he came out the Monday Night Raw right after WrestleMania, and, you know, he showed the picture of his dad, you know, holding the belt, and he's like, that has been on my mantle at my, at my house my whole life when I was growing up. That's the goal. That's why I'm here. So he, he did you know, stake his claim and he did state his intention. So I can see Cody going in that way. Um, I think everybody wants The Rock versus Roman. I think we could potentially see Cody, you know, go for it a couple of times between now and then. Cause I mean, a WrestleMania is 10, 11 months away. So we, we got some time. Right. Um, but I don't think, I, I don't think that we're going to miss out on that big payday to have, 
The Rock and Roman in LA selling out a stadium, 80,000 plus people. And, it, you know, we're keeping WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday um, going. So I I think if the money is right, that it's going to be The Rock. It, it, it has to be. Yeah, and I also think The Rock will want to do it. Like, if Vince can't play him $25 million, his movie quote, even if Vince could give him the $25 million, The Rock has to want to do it. And I yeah. feel like The Rock is such a big star that he'll tell the movie studios to push the movie back because he wants to do WrestleMania. Yeah. Now, do you think The Rock has a responsibility to Hollywood because they've been making him what he is today? He has the responsibility to put WrestleMania off for those big-time movies? Or do you feel like he should be able to do it if he wants to do it, I think despite how much money it is? He, I think that, you know, as as someone who respects the business so much, he probably feels it in his heart that this is something that I should do. But also, he wouldn't necessarily be putting Roman over because, like, Roman's already the top guy, right? Um it's more of just like maybe solidifying Robin's leg legacy um, because I can't see, you know, if they're building Roman up to be their guy and he is their guy, right. For him to go in and lose to the rock either. So mm -hmm. I think it would make sense. I, I absolutely, I do think though that the rock does have, he, he probably answers to many people, you know, he has uh, obligations to Vince and he has obligations to Hollywood and to movie studios and to the XFL and to many other things that he has going on. So he's made a lot of money and he's made a really big career in Hollywood. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a big priority for him, but I think at foundationally wrestling is number is still number one and it's still, you know, wrestling is what got him there. So I think if, if Vince makes the call, he'll, he'll make things work. But I think he wants to do, has to want to do it. I think yeah. he, he might be just over it. And Roman's the top guy, but the IWC, it's like they don't believe it. Like Jay-Z says, I don't believe you. You need more people. Like Roman is being overbooked. Like, and he's improved as far as his promos and everything. Yeah. But his matches, his main event matches is falling short as far as critically acclaimed. So, you know, Roman has benefited from his push, but the rest of the roster hasn't. It's like. Now, everybody that watches a lot of wrestling, it's like we only care about Roman and not the rest of the product. Who's going to beat Roman? And, and and I feel like Paul Heyman got us to want to see the same shit again. Because at WrestleMania 34, they threw beach balls. They, they booed Roman Reigns. And now Paul Heyman was able to sell Roman Reigns versus Brock again for like a millionth time. But yeah. then... The build-up was much better than the match. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, we're, you know, you're not alone in those thoughts, right? A lot of people were underwhelmed at the outcome or just the overall match um, with Roman and Brock at WrestleMania. But like you said, what haven't we seen already? We've, like... Roman and Brock, we don't need to see it again. I, I think what we haven't seen was the undisputed era in WWE. What we haven't seen is Dexter Loomis in WWE. What we yeah. haven't seen is the great NXT stars like Gargano, Champa, just now coming to WWE. That's what we haven't seen. We haven't seen Velveteen Dream in WWE. We haven't seen Keith Lee go on the title run or go against 
Roman Reigns, the WWE is giving us stuff. We've seen already that we're sick of tired of seeing like Bobby Lashley. Like, no one wants to see that, especially if he's not going to hold the title. You don't want to see Bobby? No. Like, we gave <laughs> Bobby a chance, and the WWE ripped the title right from under him. You see yes. what I'm saying? And like you said, the two belts, the reason I, I like the unification, because it has to be a trend. It can't be a fake top guy. Whoever has the WWE title, depending on who it is, is the, is the fake top guy. If Roman has the universal title, that's going to be the top guy. Right. Now, if Rey Mysterio gets the heavyweight title, he's going to be ge the generic fake top guy. So one belt is gives us clarity. Like, AEW has a heavyweight champion, a TNT champion, and a tag team champion. We know who, who the best wrestler is. Just, they're right. not trying to just throw a belt on to somebody because it actually devalued the belt. They just dropped a whole bunch of people, and how can you explain that? Do you think they plan on giving The Rock his movie quote? That's why they're releasing everybody, or you just think they just can't hold on to anybody no more? No, I, I don't think it's about holding on to anybody. I think that at the end of the day, here's I think we, we have to just call a spade a spade, right? Mm -hmm. The WWE is there for business, right? WWE is a brand. It is a global brand, right? And it was it was funny when Triple H and, and, and Stephanie and they started to say, you know, we're doing what's best for business at the end of the day. So um, I continue to have that perspective when I look at how they book and how they, you know, how they acquire talent, how they, um, you know, let talent go and things like that, because it is at the end of the day, it's what's best for business. Right. So when you think about we're consolidating the the, the titles, right, if we're going to consolidate the 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 tag team belts eventually, because that got kind of cloudy. Um, if we're going to consolidate the, you know, the undisputed title, then we need to have less people that are going to go for both, right? Because they're going to be defending that on both shows. So the same way that we attack AEW for having such a bloated roster is the same thing with WWE. Why should they have a bloated roster if they're consolidating the belts, if they're going to let people be on both shows, if like, you want to see people go show up every week and go sit in catering, then then fine. But like, we can't have it both ways. Well, so, you know that um, people were saying NXT was built to, to ruin independent wrestling. And you might say, well, independent wrestling. And the reason they do that is they can sign a whole bunch of people, right? Mm -hmm. Pay them, don't use them. But now those guys can't go to independent shows anymore because the promoters can't get paid and now vince can't ruin independent wrestling no more because he can't afford it so he has to drop all these people because you got aew nwa new japan pro wrestling mm -hmm. 
And the funny thing about WWE is they they like they tried to do an exclusive deal with New Japan and say we're going to be your exclusive partners. And New Japan says no. I'm going to work with AEW, Ring of Honor, and other people because WWE can't dictate to dictate the pro wrestling yeah. business. WWE yeah, has the WWE has to relate to the times. And I think we're going to see them start doing, you know, things with other promotions because if they don't, they're just going to fall by the waistline and just make people only care about WrestleMania because it seems like WWE TV and WWE pay-per-views are two different things. The television show, they got 12 pay-per-views, so the TV is going to be bad on most nights. Like AEW, they only got four, so the TV is going to be great on both nights. TV means more in AEW world, whereas in mm -hmm. WWE, the pay-per-view is the big one. You know, that's the, that's, if one thing counts, it's the pay-per-views. So, you know, you can have, you know, some weeks where you're just like, oh, I don't, you know, but even as a wrestling fan, do you need to watch Raw and SmackDown every week? Or can you kind of just catch up on, on Instagram and then cool, we'll watch the pay-per-view versus AEW. You're like, oh shit, I got to watch it because you know, I gotta, I gotta stay on top of it. Cause there's not another pay-per-view for three months. So I think it's, mm-hmm. again, it's like, it's the two different brands. I, I really, sh- you know, struggle with trying to not uh, compare them because I think that they've done such a good job at being different that I don't want to compare them. Cause I don't think that they're, they're not the same. They're not the same, but you yeah. know, us as fans is going to compare. Oh, of course. Of course. It's, so it's human nature. If, if something is bad, we're going to say it's bad. You know what I mean? And I feel like wrestling fans shouldn't tell people not to do that. I think wrestling fans and other wrestlers shouldn't c- criticize fans for saying something is better than no, another. No, but I think it's also just like you have to just understand that, like, like I said, WWE is in a different league than AEW. And it's not to put, I love AEW. It's not to put them down. It's that WWE operates as a brand. They are. Mm-hmm they're selling out stadiums like AEW is selling out arenas like small arenas and that's perfectly fine because they're 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 a, a they're a baby in this business they've only been around what is this their third year but WWE didn't sell out stadiums they didn't sell out WrestleMania WrestleMania was like 60% full and um SummerSlam didn't sell out either, so they're not selling out the stadiums like they okay, used but to. They're, okay, but they're, they're drawing. WrestleMania 37 had 25,000 people both nights, and that because stadium it was 60,000. Because it was COVID. So but SummerSlam, it wasn't COVID, though. I'm and just WrestleMania saying, wasn't COVID. No, no, I'm just saying, at the end of the day, WWE is selling out 70,000 plus for WrestleMania this year, two nights in a row. AEW? Well, they didn't, they didn't, no, they only sold 60,000 tickets. They had 70,000 people there because they count the workers, they Staff count the crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so, and that's Listen. why they have in WrestleMania two nights because they'll look embarrassed if they and had it one okay. night and half of the stadium. Was and, that's, and that's okay. But what I'm saying is it still is on a larger scale. They've been around, that company is 60 plus years old. They've been around a long time. So it's, like I said, AEW is a baby. They're just they're just getting their bearings in things. And can they get there one day? Absolutely, yes. But today, it's like you're 
they're they're still in a, a developmental phase where you know WWE for better or worse they are a machine and they're a brand and that's that's how they operate. But the thing is, wrestling fans love AEW better because you know every match is important in AEW. So AEW is right. on a higher level as far as in-ring wrestling and what people oh, want yes. to see as far as the wrestling. Now you're right, WWE is way on another level as a bigger brand. But as pro wrestling, the essence, AEW is a lot better than WWE. And that's why you hear a lot of complaints about WWE, but it's mostly coming from WWE fans and fans that watch everything. It's not no, like they always say AEW fans say this. It's no AEW fans. AEW fans are the same fans that watch Impact, New Japan, GCW. You'll see those fans at every show. Now, a WWE fan, you might only see them at the WWE show. So I just don't like when people say AEW fans. They should say pro wrestling fans because AEW fans that only watch AEW is probably disgruntled WWE fans. But the other fans are, like, fans that watch everything. The difference between, again, sports entertainment and wrestling. Because AEW is wrestling and we i love wrestling right are there elements of wrestling in sports entertainment yes but you know we really have been conditioned to the wwe product to being sports entertainment for a long time so okay now let me check you on that and i have to check another podcast on that because i'll come from the sports world and i'll come from the pro wrestling wwe is pro wrestling now i can see if new japan was calling themselves sports entertainment mm-hmm GCW was calling them sports entertainment. Ring of Honor was calling themselves sports entertainment. And WWE, I mean, AEW was calling themselves sports wrestling. No, it's the other way around. Sports entertainment events made up. It's not sports entertainment because we know what wrestling is. It's predetermined. It's written. You know who's going to win. It's nothing about, it's nothing sports about WWE. Now, if you wanted to say, WWE was wrestling entertainment because they bring actors in it. You can say that. Sports entertainment is a word Vince made up probably around 2001 or something like that. Because well, when they switched the name to WWE, it yeah, became, but WWE, yeah. WWE has been around for years since Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and it was pro wrestling. Yeah. And the reason sports fans don't call it sports entertainment because sports is real. Like, even when you see Conor McGregor knock out Auto in four seconds, no one expected that, so they go crazy. The New England Patriots, 20-0, and 0, lose to the New York Giants, the most important game of the year. Kansas City loses to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's real sports. Now, you see what happened to Bianca when she lost to Becky in 27 seconds. The crowd hated it because you didn't have to do that. You see what happened when Kofi lost to seven seconds and brought Le- to Brock Lesnar. Fans ain't like it because you didn't have to do it. WWE is predetermined, it's rigged, so leave sports out of it. It's pro wrestling like everything else. Now, if you say, well, Johnny Knoxville and the punter Pat McAfee had a match before Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. then you can say that's that's wrestling entertainment, but it's not sports entertainment. If you don't work for WWE, if you're not on WWE's payroll, it's no reason you should say sports entertainment. The reason WWE is pro wrestling like anybody else, if you walk in anywhere with a Stone Cold rest Austin shirt, a Rock yep. shirt, or a Randy Orton shirt, or a KL, somebody's going to say, oh, wow, you're a wrestling fan? I used to watch that every day. 
No one's yeah. going to say sports entertainment. So WWE isn't sports entertainment. It's pro wrestling. Vince it made is. that shit up. It's, it's, it's all wrestling. wrestling. Yes, it's. But what I'm saying is that's how they distinguish themselves from the other wrestling companies that follow the more traditional booking style and things like that. That's all. I think, I think you're reading a little too far into, you know, the, the actual sports term. I think remove your emotional detachment from the word sports because it is yeah, a sport. It's, getting me the There's, it's pissing me off that people are <laughs> calling it sports entertainment. I can tell. I can yeah, tell. Like, Let me reel you back in. Real, you know what I mean? Like, so don't try to say at wrestling, like one, one person said wrestling is pro sports sports entertainment because they have storylines well sports have storylines Kyrie making his debut in boston in brooklyn uh tom brady coming out of retirement after he said he retired a month ago those are storylines debo samuel wanting to get traded because he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback those are storylines so you can't say wrestling is you know sports entertainment because it got storylines no it's pro wrestling pro wrestling from Pro wrestling is a hundred years old. They always had characters and storylines. Mm -hmm. So that, like, so let's say WWE calls itself sports entertainment. It's not sports entertainment. I got emotional because someone on the podcast said all pro wrestling is sports entertainment, and that's that's totally wrong. WWE is pro wrestling. They call itself sports entertainment because at the end of the day, it's four corners, twelve ropes. 12 turnbuckles and, and and it's wrestling in their name they want you the media to call it sports entertainment because they they want to separate themselves but they're really pro wrestling and i i just don't like the fact that like i said before someone can say everybody else is doing what wwe is doing no wwe is doing what everybody else is doing but yeah so congratulations on your success man big things coming up for you what you got next and where can people find you what do i have next mm -hmm. i'm going back to miami thank god going back um, to miami. <laughs> yeah. um yeah i i'm looking forward to taking some time at home i you know i was i went to wrestlemania and then i was you know i did like AEW shows and then i was you know in boston and now i'm in new york and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, taking some time off, but not until uh, after WrestleMania backlash. So I'm going to be there um, next weekend. Wow, it's coming so quickly. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's in Providence, Rhode Island, right in my backyard, um, originally from Boston. So um, looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's a, a good show. I know last night they just announced that um, they're going to do the six-man tag, which is kind of um, interesting. Uh, not really where I was expecting things to go with the, the Usos and Roman versus Drew and um, Rated RK Bro, but let's see how we do. Well, you know, Dave Meltzer said, this is starting to make a little bit of sense. Dave Meltzer said that they planned on doing a tag match with one of the Usos and The Rock versus um, Roman and The yeah. Uso because they don't want The Rock to get injured. And it's starting to make sense because that unification title match isn't happening at Backlash. It's going to be a 16 tag. It's gonna. They it, they switched it up. So I was I was a little surprised, but I mean, there this isn't the first time. If if and we've heard this this has been going around for some time. Um, but it it wouldn't necessarily be the first time where they there was a little bit of dissension amongst the bloodline, right? I think it was last year. Um, we were 
there was a time when, um, you know, Jimmy and Jay weren't necessarily on the same page mm-hmm. in terms of their loyalty to Roman. So I think, you know, it's it's always something that they can play with. And I think the WWE, for better or worse, does a great job at tearing at the heartstrings of the family elements of things mm-hmm. where, you know, we're always like, okay, like, are Ray and Dominic Mysterio, are they going to stay together? Um, you know, they did it with Brett and Owen and they, they, they continue to do it. So they even do it. The good part is they even do it within the McMahons. So it's always, you know, you can always see, and who doesn't have some type of fights with their families? It's things that the fans can identify with at the end of the day, right? So um, I can totally see that happening. And it's crazy because the way I see that happening is they might not unify the belts or they might unify the belts and take the belts from RKL, and then they might lose them before WrestleMania and Roman blames one of the Usos and then The Rock comes in and help him and then we got that tag match at WrestleMania, so. Anything's possible. 